0: Hello everyone. Welcome to Ruth is Stranger Than Fiction. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for joining us again today. An inevitable day has come. The inevitable day when we have to talk about Matthew Hopkins, the horrible rotter, the Witchfinder General, one of the most awful figures of East Anglian history. I suppose it had to come and now here we are, ready to talk about Matthew Hopkins himself. It's quite a tale of brutality, misogyny, injustice, general nastiness, but I'm sure we'll manage to laugh uproariously at some elements of it nonetheless. And we'll have some booze to drink as well. And I am joined today by Justin Crane, who you may remember from our Cambridge Ghosts episode. Hello. Hello. And we have a new guest today, the lovely Boomer. Hello. His official title, the lovely Boomer. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for coming. My pleasure. Thanks for coming along. I know you're a fan of the show.
1: Big fan. I've listened to all of the episodes.
0: Thank you. I'm expecting you to have some stellar commentary.
2: I, I have to say that Boomer was very upset he was not invited to the other one we did.
0: I Before. know. I remember Chris was like, "Oh, you should have, you should have got Boomer along."
2: <laughs> I, I, I gave him a quick fire round on Cambridge Ghost, He knew nothing, so he didn't, didn't deserve a place. <laughs> he
0: table. had nothing
1: to add on that occasion. It's Not my, not my, area. It's
0: my <laughs> area. Whereas witches and witch finding. Well, I mean, you know, and rotters, you, you, yeah, 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 rotters.
1: <laughs> for brutality and misogyny. I guess you've come to the right guys now. <laughs> Hopefully that's not true. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: think a drink would probably help us before we plunge into the brutality and misogyny. To reveal more of my
1: true self. <laughs>
0: <laughs> to reveal a true self. Oh, no. So I think, Justin, you want to welcome the first drink in.
2: I do want to go first. Okay. Mainly because I think you guys are far more inspired than I am. And I did a very last minute stop at Tesco on the way here. <laughs> there are other supermarkets available. And I decided to go for a classic, if okay. you know me. I went for a ghost ship.
0: The classic ghost ship.
2: Classic ghost ship for several reasons. Yeah. One, ghost fits within not this theme. Absolutely not the topic today. Not the topic, but within the general theme of of the podcast series. And also, Adnams is a Suffolk. Yes.
0: Lovely. Pass them over.
2: Oh, I only bought one.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Great. I do like a ghost ship. So... I'll just very quickly say what I've been reading to learn about Matthew Hopkins. One of the main texts I've been reading is called Witchfinder General, the biography of Matthew Hopkins by Craig Cabell. I'd say it's alright. It seems it's written in a sort of strangely conversational style and he starts a lot of stories and then they don't seem to go anywhere. So, it's interesting but I'd say an incomplete study of Matthew Hopkins. I discovered. And also, much better and more kind of academic, a book called Witchfinders, A Seventeenth Century English Tragedy by Malcolm Gaskill, who's written a lot about witch trials and this sort of thing. And that's a much more sound book, I guess. It's it paints a really vivid picture of Hopkins and his crimes in the social and cultural context of the time. So it's got all of that kind of good historical stuff in it as well. Craig Cabell makes clear early on in his book, which I probably agree with, that Matthew Hopkins didn't really believe all these people genuinely were witches. He was just went a bit mad on power and, of course, got paid by the magistrates for people that were convicted. So there's a financial motive for him. So he got quite rich from all this nefarious witch hunting.
1: It was a solid business strategy for the time. (laughs) It was, that's your thing.
0: Yeah, kind of capitalising on paranoia, grievances that already exist within society and within small close-knit communities and he was ready to just sweep in and make the most of all of that. Well at least I no think. one's doing that anymore so
1: that's right. <laughs> <laughs> all learnt. Yeah. We, we, we have evolved since then, we are no longer just preying on the fears of people for financial gain.
0: And just another quick note on that is that Craig Cabell does think that John Stern who was Matthew Hopkins' associate actually was more convinced and kind of had if you like pure motives in the sense that he he was sort of thinking he was rooting out evil and doing a social service but Matthew Hopkins was just like well this is a way to make some money have a fun time jaunting around East Anglia if the Witchfinder general film is to be believed, having his way with poor young women who were kind of... um, Wenches, they were Wenches, (laughs) (laughs) who were sort of blackmailed into this awful situation. You can't Um, imagine
1: he wouldn't. I mean, considering what his profession, his his self-made profession was, there's no way he wasn't extorting people in every way imaginable. Yeah,
0: and I think one of the most awful and infuriating things about Matthew Hopkins is that sort of hypocrisy that he was really, you know, he was framing at all as a, a kind of religious act that he was doing it to rid the world of these kind of evil things that he was doing God's work. But of course, the opposite was, well, can the opposite be true if God doesn't exist? I don't know. But uh, he, he wasn't really, you know, he wasn't up to any good at all, frankly.
1: Plus the irony of him just being well, an absolute piece of, shit and, Total uh, piece and, of and shit and claiming that he's now the, I'm cleaning the world up. I <laughs> think it's quite the opposite.
0: Yes. <laughs> and actually later, well, his career was very short, but after a few years of witch hunting, he himself that kind of rumors went around that he was actually a witch himself although he was never subjected to witch trials in the same way that his victims were so i just mentioned the witchfinder general film we've all watched that recently as well mm. i had watched it when i was about 17 i think and fucking hated it and i remember watching it, i was like why do people like this film it's detestable so much screaming yeah. it's really a film with a lot of screaming and i i didn't like it at all and i re-watched it this week and i was like actually i can kind of see why it's regarded as a classic and it is a very cruel film but the cruelty is very much shown to come from matthew hopkins as opposed to you know you don't watch it and think wow this is great stuff i love all this Screaming, you kind of watch it, thinking this is fucking horrible. say so. I,
2: "I hadn't actually seen it before until last week." Mm. When I, when I was, I was, I was, I was surprised you hadn't that. seen it. Yeah, as a, I've as always a seen fan. clips of it and things, and it just always—I was more than aware of it, and it just always skipped me, but thing that I realised last week is how different it was from a regular Hammer film. Mm-hmm. For example, it was basically when was it made? Uh, That's sixty eight, I think sixty eight. So it was like torture porn for sixty eight. <laughs> yeah. Really, it's pretty you know? brutal for that yeah. time. Isn't
0: it? Yeah, it's really brutal. What did you think of it, Boomer? I know you've I d- seen it in the past. But...
1: Yeah, I've, I've seen it three times now. Once when I was young, I don't really remember. I remember not being a big fan of it back then. I stayed in a cottage during one of those little breaks in lockdown we can go and do something mm-hmm. so we went out to the countryside we had his cottage staying next which backed onto another person's one so like with thin walls and was watching which general in there and as you say there's a lot of screaming <laughs> mm-hmm. so they must have just thought like who are these people next to us Yeah, what are they doing to, what are they watching it's just screaming for an hour and a half
0: yeah oh. i mean i if you haven't seen it i'd recommend seeing it but do prepare yourself for the screaming and we'll Sort of, we can talk a bit about it as we go on, but I think it's not, in many ways, a true representation of what happened. And for me, having been reading about these guys, one of the most notable things was the fact that they, that John Stern, his associate in the film, is just basically like an oaf, isn't he? A complete idiot, an oafish fool who's (laughs) just sort of...
2: Kind of his ego, isn't
0: he? Yeah, Yeah, yeah. He's very much like a sidekick Mm. and he's sort of leching after all these women and just kind of rollicking about and generally behaving in an absurd manner. And actually John Stern, if anything, actually more Puritan than Matthew Hopkins. And he was older than Matthew Hopkins. He was about 10 years older. And actually it was John Stern who kind of roped Matthew Hopkins in initially. So I thought that was Mm. a kind of interesting change. And also, which I hadn't really known about when I was when I was younger and I guess because the film is so prevalent in the cultural consciousness about Matthew Hopkins he was so young in real life Mm.
1: Vincent Price was an odd choice he was conservatively 30 years too old to play that part
0: So Matthew Hopkins, which, as I say, astonished me when I found out, he was dead by the time he was 30. So when he was doing all this terrible stuff, he was kind of in his mid-20s. So he mm. was a really like a young man.
1: Just to be clear, I don't like Matthew Hopkins. He was a, he was a complete bastard. But it's <laughs> Best quite, to get that established straight yeah, let's just straight make away. this very clear before what I say gets misconstrued. It's quite an impressive level of accomplishment that he managed to get at that age. And he must have been very wealthy from it as well.
2: I heard that, and you may come up- cost this later i may be jumping ahead but the equivalent of what he would charge or be paid for this Mm -hmm. was roughly in today's money about five thousand pounds per person maybe even more per witch.
0: unusually because i usually do i haven't done the conversions but yes i think he he was paid depending how many witches he would find in a in a village he could you know would be getting kind of anywhere from six pounds up to about 25 pounds which is substantial amounts of money i would think no, at the time. no
1: wonder he just kept sweeping the just, countryside. Just yes, rack, finding more and more.
0: Up. So what I thought we would do, whoops. Is uh, <laughs> just a little bit of background of the time, and then I want to talk in quite a bit of detail about Chelmsford witch trials because that was his first big break, if you like, <laughs> uh, and that <laughs> and that sort of established the pattern very much for what would happen in villages and towns all over East Anglia. It was
1: always a really similar pattern of events. Is it like the classic? You, you preferred their earlier work, you know, like <laughs> before, he, before he sold out and just started like mainstream witch killing. <laughs> Chelmsford
2: was the First, and all the rest were just cover versions. Exactly.
0: Difficult second albums. (laughs) Do you know how many people he had executed or was kind of involved
2: in? 200.
0: The truth is, we don't really know because records were really sketchy. So we'll say 200. So, (laughs) most. um, Well done. (laughs) A kind of conservative estimate, if we're looking at what's the lowest figure it could possibly be is at least 100. And then I've read figures more often up around 200, 230. But yeah, the holes in the records are quite severe. So sometimes there's records that people did go to trial, but we don't know what happened to them afterwards. Some people were acquitted. Quite a lot of people died in jail, either waiting for trial or kind of after the trial's waiting for reprieve. So um, a lot were hung. One was burned, which we'll come to later. And some just died in these really horrible conditions. Yeah, so it's quite a substantial hit rate for old Hopkins there. How did he get away with it? What was going on at the time that meant that actually this was sort of a feasible thing to happen? There'd been witch trials all across Europe for many centuries before. Germany had a lot of witch trials, Austria, places like that, and in England as well. But the events that kind of precipitated Hopkins... Partly were the fact that James I of England and 6th of Scotland had been on the throne at the beginning of the 17th century. And he was very keen on persecuting witches. Do you know anything about him at all? He was a rotter as well. He was a rotter. James I had been involved himself in witch trials in Scotland. And there's the... uh, witches. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> sorry the notorious north Berwick witch trials uh, in which many people mostly women were accused of witchcraft and horribly tortured conservative estimates for that place the victims at around 70 but again it's possible it was kind of double that or or even more
2: would that be where uh, on a side tangent do you think that's where shakespeare used witches within macbeth because it was prevalent in
0: Funny you should say that oh, because sorry. Jumping no again. <laughs> no King James wrote a book called demonology which was published in 1597 and that was a study of kind of sorcery magic suggesting in part how you might identify witches and apparently that was an influence on Shakespeare for writing okay. Macbeth oh, good. which was first performed in 1606 so yeah that sort of scottish witchery Definitely played a part.
1: Is that before or after the Hammer of the Witches was written? If you know that one, oh, I don't. It's um like a German, like basically like a witch manual. Mm. So I think it was written in Germany. It's like yeah, how like things that things that they do, how you can like sort of identify a witch, yeah. and also like what tests you would put them under yes. and things like that. It's just a a big witch manual from Germany.
0: Do you on the subject of witch <laughs> tests, what witch tests do you know?
1: Um, <laughs> Tell me some witch tests. Some witch t- there's the the weighing against a stack of Bibles is one of them. <laughs> right. I don't really know how many.
0: How, how they many Bibles? What's
1: the correct amount? Like, so if the Bibles were, I think just if it just didn't balance, you're a witch. Like that feels like a ridiculous manner. I don't really understand how they did that. There's the um,
0: no. So hang on. If you weigh more than the Bibles, you're a witch?
1: I'm not certain which way round it goes. I think if you don't weigh the same as the Bibles, then you're a witch. I mean,
0: it seems really unlikely you're going to weigh the same as the indefinite yes. amount of Bibles.
2: scales you've got
1: to stand <laughs> with Bibles on one side? I imagine so, yeah. Um, this
0: sounds very impractical. It
1: almost feels like the system is rigged and perhaps it's just... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, there's, what's the other... Like where they would just constantly stab them with like a needle. Mm, the pricking. The pricking, mm. yeah.
2: That's what I noticed in Witchfinder General there was a lot of pricking going on. They look for... If they've made the a pack of devil, there'll yeah. be a devil's mark. And then they brought it into the Inside number 9 episode. Oh, yes. They did of the trial of Elizabeth Gage. Mm-hmm. There's some pricking going on in that as well. <laughs> and it I, I made me wonder... Was that just taken as a homage to which Hopkins. the movie? Yeah, which probably general, to the movie. Or was pricking a real?
0: Well, pricking. it was. Pricking was real thing, It right? was real, and John Stern was was, was known as a pricker. <laughs> he, was, <laughs> <laughs> he was. He was known oh. as a witch pricker. <laughs> so actually, that bit in the in the film as well, where he's the one who's kind of jabbing yeah. these spiky mm. things into people, was kind of based. In fact, horrible. Any others?
1: Yeah, so there's the, the classic of chucking them in a lake, and mm-hmm. if, they, if they swim or float, mm-hmm. then you know, the devil saved them. Yeah. And if they drown, then you, know, you die a good Christian death. Yes, not uh, a witch. There's also the things about how like, witches don't feel emotion, so if they didn't cry enough, oh. then they would be... If they didn't cry, it's because they're a witch. okay. So you had to show a certain level of emotion to get around these.
0: But in specific circumstances, presumably.
1: Yeah, I think just like when you're on trial, if you're not, okay, cry- if you're not crying.
0: Not just racing through the no, streets you're weeping. Probably,
1: you're probably just really cool because you know, you've got the <laughs> devil on your side. Is how they viewed it. Yes, I see.
2: There's the old favourite if the house was made of gingerbread. <laughs> 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 I could do that. I might, you know, kind of give the game away. If um, they've got
0: two small children tied up in a cellar. <laughs> um,
2: I may have touched upon this in the... The Cambridge Ghost one, mm. but the bridge on Bridge Street, mm-hmm. or which is the bridge in Cambridge, it should be known. It, it, it was known to have a ducking stool. Oh, really? Put on there. Yes. Mm. I don't think any witches were burnt, but they used to burn people on Jesus Green. Now they yes. just have barbecues. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> only, only accidental burnings now. There's another one which, which we see a little bit in the in the film. Actually, it's not really a test. It was an interrogation method with John Lowes that we see in the film where they make him run. They're like, mm. oh, we'll do the running now. And that was that they'd keep people awake for nights on end and then make them basically run all around up and down, up and down, up and down until they were just exhausted and insensible. Absolutely. A
2: lot of the things I read up about and listened to and watched and stuff was mainly about sleep deprivation. Yeah that they forced on people to get them to confess.
0: Yeah.
1: So those Guantanamo Bay guys who, like, claim to invent all these interrogation techniques, just literally just copied what yeah. like everyone else
0: did. And, and, and actually... And they um, still don't work.
2: They didn't have any A C D C to
1: blast really loudly. They just <laughs> had some guy with a loot just wailing at him.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: just a non-stop loot solo until they confess.
0: When we think of Matthew Hopkins and his witch trials, it, it, people do think all these kind of forms of torture involving, you know, stabbing or ducking or whatever. But actually, the most common thing that they did was sleep deprivation. And it does make you go loopy. If you've had periods of insomnia, you just, you can't really function.
1: Oh, the classic creepy creepypasta of the Russian sleep experiment. What's that? It's a creepypasta, so it's mm. not true, despite constantly people say, saying it is. Mm. It's not About them just giving these people, I think they were soldiers, like giving them some drug to experiment to try and get them to stay awake the whole time and they all basically just go insane.
0: There's an amazing book that I read a couple of years ago called Nod, which I think you'd really probably both really enjoy. But it's it's a sort of twist on the zombie apocalypse. But it's basically the idea is that everyone in the world, apart from a really tiny percentage of people, stop being able to sleep. And within about a week, civilization is basically deteriorated and everyone is kind of fighting and killing each other and forming weird end of world cults and the narrator of the story is one of the people that's still able to sleep at night and he just watches the world kind of collapse and turn to shit (laughs) but it's it's really good it's really good so james the first i'd forgotten about james he was very keen on all this all this witch hunting so he there was a kind of a fervor in in england and scotland at the time for The genuine belief that this existed, people did really believe that witches existed and were doing harm to other people. The Witchcraft Act of 1604 was passed just a year after James ascended to the English throne. That was again kind of reflected of his desire to crack down on what he saw as being a scourge across the land. And actually what this meant was that Hopkins could actually carry out his crimes 40 years later in a, if you like, a kind of official capacity – And it wasn't something that was just being investigated by the church, it was actually common law. So the Witchcraft Act made it against common law to commit witchcraft. So it wasn't just that people in the church were saying, we think there's sorcery going on, we're going to investigate. It was actually, it was a legal precedent.
2: Was there a fine line of what was deemed as witchcraft?
0: You would also see that some of the people that Hopkins brought to trial were actually found guilty of like minor sorcery if you like but not of of actually causing harm to anyone and they were found guilty but they weren't hung so even within the kind of official idea of what sorcery and witchcraft was there were sort of levels and the worst level was seen to be if you caused harm to people or to livestock, which was
1: seen as property. So you kind of damaged somebody's property. What kind of penalties would you suffer for the minor infringement? Was it just a fine or are you still going <laughs> they to jail? get,
0: From what I can tell, they mainly got just thrown back in prison. And actually, you could sort of put in for a pardon and some of them would be pardoned after kind of a year or so of rotting in prison. But quite, that's when quite a lot of them just died in prison because the conditions were pretty atrocious. Yeah. The other thing, of course, that's the important historical context of the time, and I think actually what The Witchfinder General does really well, the film, is to give the kind of Civil War context. Mm. So there was just generally, society was a bit chaotic, and I think that's a time when people can thrive if they're willing to take advantage of that. And there was a lot of fear through the land, so people that might normally have been a bit more sensible were existing in this kind of state of fear at what was happening. Are we talking about Brexit now? (laughs) (laughs) So many parallels to the wasn't world. <laughs> so, let's get to Hopkins. Yes. Directly, yes. you know.
1: Katie Hopkins. <laughs> <laughs> which one is worse? <laughs>
0: <laughs> he was born in around 1620, we think. His father was a Puritan minister, which is not surprising, perhaps, mm. given the strongly well, fake, fake religious uh, attitudes that he espoused. And he died in 1647, so he was 27 when he died. So it was really...
1: The classic number. <laughs> you know. Yes, you're
0: right. Yeah. <laughs> Part of the
1: 27 Club, Hopkins.
0: And his witch-finding career, if you like, began in 1644. So just a few years. His first witch-hunting situation began in Manningtree in Essex in 1645 and that was just where he lived so that was convenient wasn't on his it own
1: doorstep just
0: an outbreak of witchery on his own doorstep for him to uh, investigate very convenient yeah and it began as as these things often did with just a series of sort of unfortunate events which were most likely just bad luck that sort of got linked together under the banner of actually
1: something witches is going on do we know what his his like first victims as essentially they are were did or what what, well yeah so how how were they witches
0: the accusations that were made so basically what happened was there was a few deaths of children in this area in uh, 1644 some of the children had fits and things before they died and then died in these kind of unexplained ways some cattle died (laughs) as you suggested also kind of unexplained
1: i did hear once on one thing about a bizarre like quite common witch crime was um, like the deflating of pies. <laughs> <laughs> I think this is like I think this is in France. Uh, like if, if like if, pud- if puddings or pies would, def- would start deflating, it was because there was a witch. If someone right?
0: souffle didn't rise, <laughs> exactly. <it> was- <laughs> oh dear. So uh, horses also seemed to be bewitched. So horses started to act in a strange way. The wife of the town's tailor began to suffer terrible fits. Other women spoke eating Eve bites.
2: No. It was just the uh the synergy between the tailor and the fits. Like, like he couldn't make the suit fit. Sorry, it was a terrible, <laughs> a terrible, <laughs> was a terrible link. Um,
0: other women spoke of being tormented in the night by terrible pains all through their bodies. And Gaskill puts it in his book. By now the town was a tinderbox of grief, wrath. And excitement just waiting for a spark. So, lots of kind of bad shit had happened, and all these sort of petty grievances began to erupt to the surface, in addition to these actual tragic situations of children dying and things. And a couple of women were named as possible suspects for all this misery. One was Elizabeth Clark, and one was Anne West. Craig Cabell describes Clark as. A toothless 80-year-old, one-legged woman.
1: (laughs) Oh.
0: (laughs) Poor old Elizabeth Clark. Already so old, only one leg and toothless. Already very unfortunate. And actually both women, Elizabeth and Anne, had in the past already kind of been subjected to accusations of witchcraft. We can speculate, you know, like you say, people were land grabs. If people thought, actually, if my neighbour's out of the way... I can have a bit of land or um, they would sometimes be accused by the kind of landowners in the area because they would be well placed to take the land of people that were executed. Just disagreements that people would then say, oh, actually, I didn't like the way she looked at me that time and now my cow's dead. So that makes sense. See, you know, right. Logic <laughs> dictates which. Exactly. <laughs> Anne West had actually already been tried and acquitted twice on witchcraft charges, again, from accusations of other people that lived near her. But there wasn't seem to be any evidence. So those were Is thrown that how out. She lost a
1: leg in the first place.
2: That's the
0: other one. It? Oh, sorry. <laughs> the
2: other leg. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so it was already kind of like a febrile situation. And then Matthew Hopkins kind of saw an opportunity, basically. Thought I can get in there and actually make a bit of money. The gap in the market. On Friday the twenty first of march sixteen forty-five, the magistrates made themselves available to the townsfolk to hear suspicions and accusations. So the magistrate was like, You just come and tell us all the stuff you think's going on and we'll we'll look into it. John Stern was there, the
1: non-oafish
0: actual John Stern.
1: Was he also from Essex or was he, just, just,
0: uh, he was, just hanging
1: out there, just in attendance?
0: He lived near there, but he was he is an East Anglian as well. So him and Matthew Hopkins had quite similar backgrounds and obviously kind of felt each other to be kindred spirits in a way. How old was he, do we know? So he was about 10 years older than Hopkins, so he'd have been in his 30s. Stern had kind of, was in cahoots a little bit with the magistrate, so they were like, oh, John, can you come and see what what you make of all this? And then John Stern enlisted Hopkins to assist him with the investigations. And poor old one-legged Elizabeth Clark had actually, through these interrogative techniques of kind of not sleeping and general bullying by the townsfolk had actually made, uh, it's a mistake to make a confession, but she has made a little bit of a confession and gone, oh, maybe something has been going on. And, and of course, they absolutely leapt on that and they were like, right, this is proof. Now we've got a confession. We know that something terrible is going on in the town. So John Stern wanted to do the old uh, ducking on the on the 80-year-old woman, <laughs> but... Instead what they did was sent four women of the town respectable women to fetch Elizabeth Clark. One of these women was called Mary Parsley and uh, <laughs> one yeah. of, and Mary Parsley was was one who's who'd had a child die yeah. the year before in mysterious circumstances she's not so exactly she's impartial She's got a vendetta like this, yeah. yeah. So the respectable women were sent to do this role which they called searching, to be searchers, which meant that they would strip the women accused and search them for the devil's mark, which, as you say, were seen to be signs that you
1: were a witch. I imagine an 80-year-old haggard lady. Mm. No no offence. I've forgotten her name. Elizabeth. 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 Mother Clark. So one-leg Liz was... um, She's 80 years old yep. in a very tough time. Yeah. She's going to be covered in bumps and nobbles and marks.
0: <laughs> and like. Suspicious nobbles. So she's,
1: she's, you know, it happens to your body when you get old. And these days you're going to be covered in liver spots and whatnot. Like, So she's, she's, a, she's done for.
0: The searchers, Mary Parsley and her gang, stripped poor old Elizabeth down. Quite often they would also shave their heads because they were like, the marks could be hiding underneath the hair. We can't let the you know, we must search every every
2: inch of the, of the body. I'd seen The
1: Omen. I was, was going to say, know. like The <laughs> Omen, <yeah>. <laughs>
0: <laughs> And Mary Parsley and gang soon declared that they had discovered unnatural teats on Elizabeth's body. Novels.
1: <laughs> novels. <laughs>
0: <laughs> exactly, suspicious novels that, as you say, probably every 80-year-old may have.
1: Unless there were, like, six organised ones <laughs> in a straight line down from the two existing ones, I <laughs> the was Scaramanga of witches. How oh, many nipples names. does? <laughs>
0: How many nipples does Scaramanga have? Three. Three. Where's the third one?
1: Underneath, Underneath one, of, one them. of them. Does I he think...
0: show it in the film? I think so.
1: Yes. Yeah. There's a shirtless scene of his yes. life, and James yeah. Bond Six-60... wears a fake
2: nipple as well. What? To... Because he pretends he's Scaramanga oh, yeah. at one point. Oh, I thought you were going to say
0: remember. to like pretend that they have something in common. So bro down. <laughs> <laughs> I was at a wedding when I was younger, and there was a man at the wedding who said that he had, I think, was it four nipples or even six nipples? And obviously, we didn't believe him. And he had, they were in it like a little line oh. on his body. Very odd, isn't
2: it? That is, it's not normal, no. No. Did you burn him at the end of the week? <laughs> yeah.
0: So the teats were seen as sure enough evidence definitely now yeah. with their confession as well. She's definitely a witch now she's got these teats and they thought that the teats were used to suckle the familiars mm. that, that witches would have.
1: Did they find any familiars in the house? They
2: said they did. Uh, is Vinny a familiar? I think... He's familiar with me right now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Lovely though Vinny is. I'm not sure he'd be a very good familiar. He's a bit of an old duffer now. So then the next stage was, let's find the familiars. Now we know she's got these suckling teats. So they kept her under house arrest and they searched all around her house for the familiars. They deprived her of sleep for several days. Eventually, under constant interrogation and sleep deprived, she confessed that she had copulated with the devil. She described him as a tall, proper, black-haired gentleman. Sounds good. Yeah. So, how you imagine the devil, I guess.
1: I mean, like, good on her. She's 80 <laughs> years old and she's, you know, getting some with a tall, handsome man. She needs someone to hold the door open for her. If she's only got one leg.
0: It's true. And the witch finding pair, Stern and Hopkins, said that they themselves saw strange creatures in her house. So, this now, this is actually just a lie. Yeah. So, they've they, just been a rat in They've there. gone from kind of getting other people to make accusations and things and then they
1: now are just just easier making... if they just do it themselves like, yeah yeah we saw it oh cool yeah, yeah strange closed.
0: creatures or imps creeping about in the house at night um imps. cat-like or dog-like but not really quite cat or dog so a bit like a dog but with like really weird long legs or sort of strange distorted Graham. creatures <laughs> 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 it was just flynn <laughs> beamer's dog flynn was there <laughs>
1: How, um, oh, is he, is he that old? Is he? he's, he's definitely he a
2: You know, back in those times, you know, we didn't have uh, Planet Earth on every Sunday, seen the whole world of animals that we have around us. So back then, you know, there could be plenty of animals that people just weren't aware of. Someone just had True. a kangaroo in
0: there. Like, what the fuck, fuck is that? <laughs> <laughs> there were early depictions of sloths or sloth. yeah. sloths, sloths, and they they had seen skeletons of sloths, or they'd seen like a dead one that someone would bring back from a expedition overseas but of course they didn't really know how they moved and they just assumed that they were like another four-legged creature so there's pictures of them where they're like teetering on their (laughs) on their toes like upright like a dog would be but of course, we know that that's
1: absurd. It's far too energetic for yeah. them. They are an aptly named creature. It's imagine, very uninventive, really. I suppose. Can you like, imagine being caught with a platypus before anybody else. Is, be
0: being caught with one.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: this, this took a dark turn.
0: <laughs> they do look like they're those made-up animals where they just stick loads of bits together, don't they? I'm still, people still on taxidermy with bits,
1: yeah, laying eggs, being mammals. <laughs> Mate, what's happening? Madness! Don't even quack. No, don't, actually, do they quack? I don't know. I bet they
0: don't quack, but do you think they make any noise? They must make some noise. Mm, kind of. I probably, bet they probably like, sound
1: them, it's, it's probably more like. A, Wah. <laughs> Wah. That's what she just did. Just, anybody got? <laughs> sorry, that's anybody what, want what you to do? throw in on this? What what noise do platypuses make? Or platypi? I don't know what the plural is. I'm not playing. <laughs> <your game>. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not
2: playing your game. <laughs>
0: They questioned Clark further and she named the creatures. Have you seen there is a, a woodcut engraving quite famous of Matthew Hopkins where he's at the top and he's got his big hat on and then there's lots of like little creatures in the... Well,
2: I think I've seen it. You might
0: have seen it. It's quite well known. Um, and that has the names of the some of the familiars, Elizabeth Clark's familiars engraved on it. Some of the names that she gave them were Holt, Pie Wacket, Suck and Sugar, that's just one, and Vinegar Tom.
1: Oh, I like Vinegar Tom, that's They're a quite, one. I like
0: Pie Whacket.
1: That's I saw a film called Pie Whacket, Yeah, I, I think know. it's
0: um, about a mysterious witchy force, isn't it? It is. I think that presumably that's named after That makes sense. Wacket. So. Shall we have another drink? Yes. Do you want to do yours next, Buma? Yeah,
1: sure. I wanted to go fancy and do a cocktail. Cause mm. I'm not really a cocktail person, but I know that you like it mm. on, this, on this show. So um, I found this one called a witch. What did I say it was? It was a witch hunt.
2: Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, a
1: witch hunt, which doesn't have many ingredients. So I thought, cool, I can Mm. do that one. I don't have any of the ingredients to turn that. All I've got is a bottle of scotch in my cupboard, Okay. That's it. (laughs) That is one of the ingredients, though, so I thought it'd be worth it. I only wanted to do it if I could find one scotch. And I found a 12 year old scotch called Hopkins Reserve. Oh, nice. But you you can only buy in Germany. Okay. So this story is just a catalogue of
0: disappointments. (laughs) It is.
1: However, what won't be disappointed is I've got you a can of witch. (laughs) <laughs> wow, just
0: called Witch. It's called
1: Witch by the Villages Brewery. So nice. it is a black IPA. Ooh, 6. that 5%. sounds lovely. Great. So yeah, <laughs> everyone tuck into a delicious can of Witch. Oh, thank you very much. <laughs> I think just to uh,
2: yeah, yeah. give you some more information, because we were discussing Witch Hunt cocktail yes. last night. Oh yeah. Because uh, I was thinking, oh, maybe I could do that instead. And then I looked at the ingredients and, and Light Boomer, yeah. I was like, no, I don't have any of those. Yeah. So, it's uh, a 12 year old Scotch whiskey. Okay. You need martini extra dry vermouth and uh, liqueur strager. Oh, gosh. I, I, I don't know what I that is. I don't even know what that is. I
1: think strager is like, is that, it might be like it's based on the word Italian word for witch or something. Oh, like it is that.
2: Italian, yeah.
1: Okay. <laughs> oh, well, maybe yeah. we'll Instead, make you it you've one got day. It's this kind of witch, which is actually quite nice. Let's have Strega a try. Is of...
2: Italian for witch. So, named because witches are reputed to have held a coven every Saturday night on the banks of the river Sabato in Benev- Benevento, mm. just north of naples i could have just read that bit yeah. <laughs> <laughs> where they danced around a gigantic walnut tree that sounds
1: fun which is love a dance
0: not elizabeth clark <laughs> <laughs> now we can hear about how the hysteria worsened from elizabeth clark and Anne west out to more people in the town It spiralled quickly into a catastrophe of a much greater scale. So once Clark was interrogated and admitted to copulating with the devil, having these familiars, all this sort of stuff, then she basically kind of was all in, I guess, sleep deprived ruined she knew that she was sort of done for didn't have a leg to stand on one could argue
2: that her confession caused her to put a spell on the whole country and their paranoia
1: yes <laughs> are you blaming the victim here yes <laughs>
0: just don't confess because yeah, then that's... they've got you so clark said yes Anne west was a witch she was already implicated, so she was like, well, I know she's fucked anyway, so I'll say her. She said Anne West's daughter, Rebecca, was also a witch, and it was they who had indoctrinated Elizabeth Clark. She also implicated a good number of other local women as well. And Hopkins and Stern, of course, leapt on each new accusation, and they were like, right, this is another person for us to uh, give the old uh, pricking to, or do the... Um... <laughs> give them the old pricking. <laughs> um <laughs> sleep deprive them see what they could get out of them and it began to spread <laughs> oh no <laughs> it spread uh, away from Manningtree and into other local villages as well so it sort of began to become wider and wider the net of those implicated more and more innocent people basically were getting accused and and once the accusations were out there as we said if you if there's someone you don't really like or you think oh I, you know if they're gone I can take their take their cows All a lot. Of- Stuff about cows in those days. You just throw their name in the ring and then chances are they're going to be taken away, possibly hung, possibly flung in prison.
1: It's an easy way to get back at people.
0: Yeah, lots of people were imprisoned. 30 women were imprisoned and transported to Chelmsford. They were to be tried for sorcery and witchcraft, and John Stern and Matthew Hopkins gathered evidence, and they had the evidence might be confessions, it might be other people who had accused them, it might be evidence of teats or the devil's mark, all that kind of thing. You find the word teat amusing.
1: Apparently sorry.
0: <laughs> Anne West was amongst those imprisoned, as was Elizabeth Clark, but Anne West's daughter Rebecca was not, even though she had been accused. And Rebecca had basically done a plea deal with Hopkins that said she would test. To fight against her mother in exchange for immunity. And Craig Cabell spends a really quite a lot of time in his book speculating about whether Hopkins and Rebecca West were embroiled in some kind of relationship i do love loads of
1: speculation (laughs) so much speculation (laughs) oh it's a biography i'm going to speculate loads of stuff he does not really what a biography is
0: (laughs) i mean he has tried to find some sort of written evidence for things but the problem is that there just isn't that much of it so he'll
1: documents i suppose
0: court yeah and and he so he refers to matthew hopkins book as well the discovery of witches but that's just matthew hopkins own Bullshit, basically, about what happened. Craig Cabell does a lot of saying, well, we don't really know what happened, but let's imagine it unfolded like this, and then he does a chapter of oh. basically speculating about about how it all might have been. I'm not reading that.
1: Really.
2: It's weird in a sense when you say that she dobbed a mum in, basically. Yeah. You say that and your first reaction is like,
1: Ooh, terrible.
2: Oh, terrible, yeah. terrible. But these people were literally obviously fearing mm. for their lives because mm. nowadays if you did it, or got accused of a witch or something like that, what, maybe prison or something right. like that? Or a, a bad tweet. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and that kind of the thing. The wrath of Twitter social account. media back, turns on yeah, you. Yeah, exactly. We'll but back, back then suspended. it was, you know, it, you know, and, and nowadays people turn on each other <laughs> just like that anyway. Yeah. But back then, it must be really like there was no really other outcome: was No, it, it was were, absolutely desperation yeah you yeah. were you were gonna if you accuse as a witch, you' pretty much be oh okay yeah. oh well, that's it
0: yeah there's no there's no way out of it because it's the system is designed to entrap you. You can't prove that
1: you're not a witch. How do you prove you're not a witch? Like, there's no actual evidence against you because no. the evidence is ludicrous. Mm. So they don't really have to prove you're a witch. Just saying so and making mm. up whatever they like is enough. But oh,
0: you've got a weird mole. Yeah, you've got
1: nobbles, You've got teats. And I think or that... you've got a cat. Like, yeah. oh shit! <laughs> like, gonna... yeah, technically, I've got a cat. Oh, so you admit it? <laughs>
2: <laughs> and this is the thing that you you mentioned earlier, and the, and it's it's not that it's. Surprising that, it's, that it still happened and everything like that, but you're saying that you know witch trials had been going on in Germany mm. and and all that, like you know, centuries before before, and they still happened. And I, if my dates are correct, I imagine the Salem witch trials happened after Matthew yes, Hopkins later, and all that. Yeah. You know, and that and. As we know, America was the people were obviously Mm. not the indigenous people who were already there, but Mm. were were founded by Puritans and religious maniacs. maniacs, (laughs) Who obviously must have known this. I'm obviously not in Facebook or (laughs) Times or anything like that, but they must have known of these things and Mm. there was no evidence for it. As such. But it still continued.
0: Yes. And actually Matthew Hopkins' book The Discovery of Witches, which he wrote just before he died, was referred to in the Salem Witch Trials. So they used it as a kind of a manual, if you like, for what went on. There's a weird theory that Matthew Hopkins faked his own death and then was involved in the Salem witch trials, like went off to the New World and uh <laughs> played odd. a role That's in like. it. No, Love it. Lovely. Yeah, absolutely. But he would yes. have been by then he would have been old. He couldn't be old. He became Vincent Price. <laughs> yeah, so that the, that theory does exist, but, oh, I'm, I'm well which is quite that. fun.
1: I need to read some like, fan fiction on that.
2: That's like, a, that's like a twist at the end of a Salem Witch movie. Oh, oh was it was real! Not...
0: <laughs> <laughs> at the end of Witchfinder General, he's, there's just like a little epilogue after the credits and it's just him like scampering off to a boat to sail over to well, uh, should,
1: should have just got, like, the He died in the movie though, didn't he? Yeah. yeah after the he axe got was... axed! <laughs> Axed up <laughs> several times he, I, he stood for quite a long time see? for getting someone getting out. after you mentioned like a lot of messages saying like that that man can take an axe hit like i then when i watched it cause i watched it after you said that i felt like i sat there counting the axe hits. but he took minimum 14 axe hits before he
0: died i did notice the axe was really small though it was a
1: really small it was a hatchet. Accident. It was a hatchet. It was, it was like a yeah, very grand hatchet because they had like quite curved edges still as well. So
2: 14 hits of the hatchet. Minimum of And then he got hits. shot. And yeah, because he was still going, wasn't he? And then he? The, guy, <laughs> the guy got really angry because he got shot. and He was yeah. like, oh, you're taking him a I wanted me. to
0: give he him four- 14 more axings. Yeah, you've
2: had 14 goes on him, mate. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah it's not my fault them.
1: you're shit at axing someone, <laughs> right? Some, look, it was embarrassing. It was a you... hatchet job. <laughs> He's supposed to be a professional soldier. You can't kill an <laughs> unarmed man with an axe.
0: Maybe he was deliberately because he wanted to prolong the agony. Was like axing him in really specifically non, uh, like no, <laughs> yeah. not in the vital organs.
1: Pre- yeah. <laughs> Precise. First,
0: just a bit of axing on the wrist or something. Yeah,
1: it's possible. Just a lot of arm axing and leg axing. The blood in that film was very poorly done, wasn't it? It's of the time, wasn't it? All, I so. all the blood back then was like very, very bright red because it was more shocking to be like yeah. that. Rose. And
0: there was a very camp man. Chris, who was the camp man? <laughs> going. To
2: oh, board. yeah, that's it. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I messaged you this. It's yes. step <laughs>
1: <Step-toe.
0: laughs> Oh, <laughs> going to find some witches, are you? <laughs> Trying to hang
1: it all. Oh, we do it for a five and a half. Oh, oh you. Oh, that's <laughs> nice, isn't it?
0: He was, he was an unusual presence, I felt, in amidst all the brutality and screaming. It, was like the... it turns out he
1: can't act either. Like it's just that's all he can do because that's basically <laughs> steptoe, just that with more gurning.
2: The modern-day equivalent of it is like in a Marvel movie where a uh, superhero from a different movie pops up in this one, and you're like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> and, and the, it, the witch and find then the, cinematic, the way, yeah. You get steptoe.
0: I thought you were going to say it's like in... Have you seen The Last House on the Left? I'm sure you both yeah. must have done, where you, it's really, really horrible, and it's kind of rape- and awful torture and Mm. nastiness and then there's those really bizarre scenes with the policeman where it's like kind of hilarious (laughs) um like benny hill music and they're really inept and doing kind of slapstick comedy it's 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 really odd they just feel completely bizarre those scenes Mm. when you watch it because yeah tonally it's off with the rest of the uh the rest of the film back to the witches off they went to prison not rebecca west Six of the accused Manningtree women died before the trial date because their conditions where they were being held were so horrifying. Much of the testimony that damned the women was given by others like Rebecca West who themselves were accused and saw presumably their only way out was to actually turn against the others who were accused. And actually it was the ones who maintained their innocence who were often the ones who were found guilty. Because as we say, you can't really prove your innocence in those situations.
1: Although admitting your guilt doesn't work out well for you either. You're fucked either way. True. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Not <laughs> as great. As soon as you're
1: accused, you're done.
0: In the end, nine of the Manningtree women were found guilty of conjuring spirits, but were reprieved from a death sentence. They would spend many more months in prison, and at least two would die in prison anyway. The majority of the accused women were found guilty of more serious crimes, using sorcery and witchcraft to cause harm to others, sending the terrible fits, killing the children, making the baby stillborn, and they were sentenced to death. It was decided some would be hung in Chelmsford the very day after the trial, and four would be taken back to Manningtree to be hanged there. And I think that that was the ones that they thought had killed, you know, the the local children and things, that they wanted the punishment to take place kind of where the crimes had happened, the heinous crimes. Total sense. <laughs> well, I mean,
1: based in, obviously, I'm not agreeing yeah, with Yeah, the saying, logic of the main. The, lo- the logic of that would be like, yeah, you want them to be punished in front of the grieving parties.
0: Yes. The Chelmsford Hanging took place on the 18th of July, 1645. The mood in the town was jovial. Everyone yeah. loves the hangings in those days.
1: Isn't that where hangovers come from? No. The term
0: it might be. I've, I've, no. I've,
1: I've heard it said that that it's like after a hanging, everyone would basically be having a party because that's the big celebration. because uh, they similar. would because
0: they do a bank holiday often. They'd give everyone the day off work to yeah, come so and everyone see everyone the hanging.
1: Everyone would get smashed. Everyone would have mm. a big party, and the next day they're they feel awful after the hanging was over, and that apparently is that's what I've heard. The would, version the, of, the
2: version of I've heard of that is that, and that's why I said no straight away. <laughs> you were very <laughs> resolute. I was absolutely no. <laughs> it's very similar. It's basically no. from what I've heard is that when somebody was the prisoner was being hung or hanged mm. so he wasn't a pitcher <laughs> the, <laughs> the most uh, important person at that time was the person taking him to the hanging or yeah. them to the hanging and they had to stay sober for the whole thing and i was,
0: mean sure they're working because
2: <laughs> they're working <laughs> yeah. yeah absolutely so and and they could be taking them distance to essex Mm-hmm. And stuff by horse, which would have taken time, mm-hmm. uh, so that stay sober for that long. Because back in then, it was always a party and everyone was beer constantly. So it was when when that was done, then it was named after the person who was doing that. Who'd go off and get drunk and oh, okay. That. So because they've done their job, but the now the hangover. over yeah. they can. I like, like Boomer's version, version more.
1: That means they like going out. If like partying was called a hangover, that would make sense.
0: I think also Boomer's version. <laughs> i like it because what that yeah. to me seems to also encapsulate <laughs> is when you have a really bad hangover and you feel not just sick and headachey but like an intense self-loathing that you get <laughs> uh, and that seems to me to work well with the idea that you've kind of everyone's had a carnival and you've watched people be killed and then the next day you're like oh i'm a, a bad person I'm a terrible person. Well,
2: you know, you can like that version you like, if, you don't, if you don't like the truth. I, did, I, did, I, did, I, did,
1: I have heard another version as well. What's that? I can't remember this one exactly because I, I may have been drinking. It's to do with like the rag that people wipe their asses with on the back of a ship. What? Right. <laughs> Didn't think that was going there. Sharp turn. Right here. We'll get back on the witches in a minute, but tell me do. about
0: the rag. Apparently,
1: it's like when you like poo over the back of a ship, and they had like a rag. It was like the hangover. I don't understand and what's how. that got what, what,
0: to do with being drunk. I
1: can't remember. I was drunk.
0: Oh no, <laughs> I, was, I, was, I don't told, like this at all.
1: But I still prefer the version I heard first.
0: No one likes a version with a pooey rag in it. <laughs> exactly, there's
1: a pooey rag in the back of a ship, and that's like where the hangover. I, just, oh, God. I, 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 can't, I wish I could explain it because I wish I understood it. But I, I don't.
0: suppose that they probably did shit over the back of a ship though oh, yeah, you'd sea. have to shit
1: off the side wouldn't you you can't shit on the boat there's a
2: um i'm gonna move away from it. the pooey ships <laughs> yeah, let's, uh, best. yeah please do <laughs> um there is a bar in or pub in grass market in edinburgh called the last drop
0: not the pooey ship no,
2: the pooey <laughs> ship. and i used to uh, uh long ago i used to take students up there for uh for party weekends basically mm-hmm. And used to tell them about the hangover things, but the last drop was basically outside a hanging place, so it was a it was a pun on uh, ah. a play on oh, words. Oh, I see. Okay. So you would go in there for your last drop and your last drop, your last drop.
0: Clever. We'll, well probably find none of these versions <laughs> are
1: all true, and there's actually a more sensible. Version. We're
0: just spreading misinformation.
1: No, um, yeah. Please please cons- <laughs> please consult more learned people than yes. I for the etymology of things. Poo ships.
0: Well you can just imagine it so the carnival spirit whatever the hangover business but um these poor women being led to the gallows and hearing just all this kind of jeering and contemptuous i bet some of them like spat on them that's what i imagine rotten you would do in the crowd Rot- yeah horrible they were sort of they staggered to the gallows were pulled to the gallows margaret moon was one of the women, Margaret Moon of thorpe oaken, And she collapsed on the way to the gallows and died, presumably okay. of like a heart attack or something
1: on the way. Does the hangman still get paid if she dies on the way there? I say no. He was
0: there ready and willing, but he hasn't done that one, has he? So. He's just
1: a civil servant. You can't be angry at him. <laughs> the, poor, just servant.
0: <laughs> the story of Moon's involvement had been a very typical one, tragically. Rumours about her had been circulating in the village for years, either because she was just a bit odd or she was a bit grumpy or, you know, whatever and when the witch finders came searching tensions bubbled in the surface and she was accused by her Do you townsfolk? think there was
2: an element of paranoia with that in the sense where let's say the witch finders come into town mm. everyone's panicking like you know I'll do it first let, Let's play Margaret <laughs> But yeah, <laughs> like, who can we pick maybe. on? Like, like well, pu- push the um the uh, bl- uh, blame away from us, you know, absolutely. or anything, you know, I don't want to be accused. Let's... I
0: think if there's anyone in in a town or village at the time who was already unpopular or outsider or seen as a bit strange, they were absolutely going to be in the firing line. And I do think there would be an inclination to say, well, if I accuse someone else really quickly, mm. then I'll be seen as one of the good guys mm. rather than one of the Potential problems. Poor old Margaret Moon. Here's also something very tragic. When the other women reached the gallows, poor old one-legged Elizabeth Clark had to be lifted up to a height where they could put the noose around her neck.
1: The indignity never ends. I know, Elizabeth Clark.
0: Dearie me. I mean, it's obviously terrible, and I don't want to give any sense of you know. Let's try and recuperate the idea of witches, but to imagine that she's so she's 80, toothless. One leg. The fact that she obviously was an incredibly vulnerable person who had no power really over anything and they kind of imbued her with this idea that maybe she has no leg and she is really really old and frail but we still believe that she can do all this damage and all this kind of you know these really powerful things to people
1: it's something i always wonder about when when you talk about things like basically like women being accused of witches like oh they failed this test so we're gonna kill them Mm -hmm. if they've got like the power of the devil wouldn't they just be like absolutely demolishing the rest of you like if they've got all these like satanic powers and everything how exactly yes one you'd get another leg (laughs) That's a, that's a, that's surely a quick fix for the devil. Like have another leg? Yes, there you go teeth. Of course, you, can if he got, can, you got a nice gold grill in. There if he can grow now. you a
0: teat, can't he just grow you a leg? Exactly.
1: Just even if it's just a long teat, you can walk on the teat. You know,
0: <laughs> <laughs> one leg and one really long teat.
1: Yeah. They, should, they should have. The, they should have. The, theoretically, have the power just to like, like, well, yeah. we're going to take you hanging. No, you're not. You're on fire now where's the magic you know
0: i suppose stern and hopkins imagined that they were so powerful that they prevented the witches from uh, mm. and because they wouldn't let them sleep they sort of diminished their you
1: ought to be well rested to strength. do spells i think
0: so yeah. the manning tree four the four who were going to be taken back to manning tree and that included Anne west who was the original the original witch were OG. executed by hanging mm. shortly afterwards on oh, the probably. 1st of august that's the manning tree trials so that was where hopkins kind of made his name if you like Quite horrifying, of course, yeah. and that only sort of whetted his whistle, if you like, Hopkins and Stern, so they were like, this has gone quite well for us, let's go, let's see what else we can grand. shake it, down, exactly, exactly. <laughs> do a road trip. Yeah, hit the road. <laughs> <laughs> they basically divided up East Anglia between the two of them, Hopkins went one way, Stern went the other, okay. they each took some searchers and some helpers with them and just kind of went. Around East Anglia, Suffolk, Norfolk, Cambridgeshire. I think they got to Northamptonshire, Huntingdonshire, and just the same thing everywhere they went. Kind of stirring up trouble. Has anything strange been happening? Do you, you know, any mysterious deaths? Any odd cattle-related incidents?
1: So, how come Stern's not better known then? Really, if they, because yeah. I always assumed like he was like his sidepiece. Was well, i side
0: side <laughs> trying to teet. accuse of
1: something here.
0: <laughs> I was wondering the same. The more I read about this, I thought, why is Hopkins the one?
2: Do you and... think it's a bit like Bony M?
0: <laughs> Tell us more um... <laughs> about your about your Bony M theory. <laughs> Please
1: explain. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that, that like Stern was the producer behind the. Uh, you know, you said that. Matthew Hopkins was younger, yeah. So was he the the face, yeah. <laughs> the, the beautiful <laughs> the face, the face of witch finding. Stern <laughs> while, while, while was the uh, the producer, but you know doing yeah. behind.
1: That makes actually that makes a lot of sense. The bony M, was, <laughs> yeah, was it he, holds was, was Hopkins a handsome man? Not he... in the film. No. Well, I think Vincent Price is quite mm. I don't
0: think we have much to go on, but I have read that he was a rather an ostentatious dresser. I imagine he was vain. I think he probably liked to imagine himself as a kind of... Like a heroic figure striding around with his fancy hat,
1: like a Puritan dandy.
0: Yeah, exactly. And yeah. I think Stern was probably a bit more not as vainglorious and was kind of took a bit of a back seat, whereas Hopkins was sort of crowing about his achievements Functional and that kind of thing. Clothing and so on. Yeah,
1: <laughs> just a just a brown just like, like jacket, a, yeah, like just a standard tunic <laughs> with some good pockets. Yeah. So
0: I I think it must have had something to do with the kind of characters of the two men, but I also was thinking that. Is it just that the film's based on a book, right? Obviously, the, the guy who wrote that book decided, he was like, okay, of, I'm going to focus on Hopkins. Mm. And then because the film was is so well known, that's kind of become the version of history, is that Hopkins was the kind of the main guy. Because actually, they both, Hopkins wrote The Discovery of Witches, which obviously was used in other witch trials elsewhere and became quite well known. But John Stern also wrote a sort of account of all the... The Witch Trials as well from his perspective Um, so it wasn't just that one of them left a legacy if you like they both actually did write about it
1: I imagine that one's a much more sombre, pious read
0: maybe maybe (laughs) I can't remember what it's called as well it's got a really long title and I think you know Discovery of Witches snappy snappy and good
1: he's got the the pizzazz the star power (laughs)
0: There we have the fate of the Manningtree witches, or rather poor unfortunate souls who were swept up in Hopkins and Stern's quest for power and financial gain. Next time we'll hear a bit more about how the gruesome pair roamed around the countryside of East Anglia, bringing misery and horror wherever they went. So please join us next time for part two of Matthew Hopkins, Witchfinder General.